Hi there, and welcome to the Nerds of Business podcast. My name is Darren Moffat. I'm a director at WebBuzz, the growth marketing agency, and I'm your host. Welcome to episode five of the branding series. It's great to have you with us. If you're one of the subscribers who's left a review or contacted me directly with feedback on the show, thanks for your support. I really appreciate it. It's great to know that the content we're producing is already helping people to crack the code to growth in their own venture. Since becoming featured on Apple Podcasts, we've also attracted thousands of new listeners from across the globe. If you're new to this podcast, our mission is to solve the key challenges all businesses must overcome one problem at a time. And we do it with the help of a rotating cast of top entrepreneurs and marketing experts. Today's panel is expanded to take on perhaps the biggest topic of the series, brand awareness. Now, regular listeners will know we often start episodes with a story. Sometimes we focus on one particular industry as an example of the problem we're trying to solve, or we go back in time to discover entrepreneurial lessons that only history can teach. Today, we're doing both at once. The country of Armenia is perhaps now most famous as the ancestral home of Kim Kardashian and her celebrity clan. But in the 19th century, it was the new frontier for entrepreneurs seeking fame and fortune, and no industry was wilder than the liquor industry. The year is 1863, in the region between Turkey and modern-day Russia known as the Caucasus, Nikolai Shustov's new premium vodka business is struggling. No one has heard of the brand, so local bars won't stock it. He's on the brink of financial ruin when he devises a cunning plan. He hires students to go into the pubs of Armenia and order a Shustov and Sons vodka. When the bartender inevitably responds they don't sell it, the students do what they've been paid to do. They complain and even start a fight with other patrons. The tactic is repeated across the region and word soon spreads like wildfire that Shustov and Sons vodka is so good that it drives grown men to violence. It's morally questionable, but it works. Brand awareness surges and soon the company is overwhelmed with requests by bars and restaurants to stock the product. By its 50th anniversary, the Shustov firm was appointed by Russian czars as the official cognac merchant. More than 40% of alcoholic beverages exported from Russia were Shustov. Now, you might think that such a marketing tactic would never happen today, but you'd be wrong. It happens all the time. It's just more subtle. In the days before social media really took off, it was well known that alcoholic beverage companies would pay models and B-grade celebrities to be seen purchasing their new spirit or mixer brand at the hottest bars across the country. They knew that other, apparently less attractive and discerning clientele, would soon be copying their behaviour in an effort to seem cool. It was brand awareness by stealth. But these days, even that strategy seems quaintly old-fashioned. Who needs to go to all the trouble of organising people in nightclubs when you've got online influencer marketing?
Rap stars on Instagram are a prime example. Have you ever noticed that most rap stars seem to have a favorite whiskey or cognac? It's not just because they like the taste. It's big money for the rap stars and it's no coincidence that the liquor brands who sponsor them keep appearing in their Instagram feeds. Just like Shustov Vodka all those years ago, today's alcohol conglomerates use brand awareness to drive sales. It's a classic demand generation strategy that has literally stood the test of time. So what can you do to grow awareness in the market of your brand? And how do you achieve the biggest impact for the least amount of effort? I love data. I I love kind of looking through the data. You need to have systems, you need to have structure. You're going to get chopped to pieces. Enthusiasm is unstoppable. We kind of hit a point where we were like, we need another lever. Surround yourself with people who are smarter than you and richer than you. (laughs) This is Nerds of Business. So the problem we're trying to solve and the title of today's episode is how to grow brand awareness for maximum impact with the least amount of effort. It's a big topic which deserves a blockbuster episode. So rather than a feature story, we've opted for more guests than usual in order to explore a wider variety of perspectives. We'll hear from a small business owner, a $1 billion tech unicorn, a publicly listed company, a food brand, and several branding and marketing experts. It might just be the most value-packed podcast episode on branding ever. But first, here's just a quick reminder that if you're enjoying Nerds of Business, to please hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. It means you'll automatically receive each new episode every fortnight, and it makes it easier for us to stay in touch. The concept of brand awareness is well known and broadly understood. But why is it so important? I spoke to John Michael from The Image Group. For 30 years, he's been a leading brand and image consultant in Melbourne, Australia, and he's one of our two branding experts for this series. If there's no brand awareness, that means no one knows you. Yep. Um, That's the bottom line. So uh, if if you're not known, um, how, how do you expect people to find you? You know, so with my clients, including especially the personal brands, it's this. You know, you're only going to be on this planet one lifetime, okay? Mm. You know, unless you're Buddhist. Uh, but <laughs> so so basically you might as well get the opportunity to bring out your full expression. Yeah. Okay? And that's, and that's the bottom line here. So that means you personally, your business – uh, so it's essential that you do that and you do it right from the start. Okay. Yep. Uh, so, you know, going back to your question, the why, uh, if you don't do it, no one will find out about you. You could be the best on the planet. What you do, if the world doesn't know about it, good luck. Yeah. means nothing. So even if you're a small business, you still need to have some brand awareness in your local market or no one will find you. But it turns out that for larger businesses, there are actually a few different types of brand awareness. I mean, brand awareness is quite simply how many people are are aware of you or how many people have heard of you is what you would normally ask in a research, in a Mm -hmm. a survey. Um, We we split it into top of mind awareness versus um, prompted awareness. So, And the difference between those two is um, if I said to you, what banks have you heard of? 
yep. you would say Westpac, Commonwealth, ANZ. Yep. <laughs> That's top of mind. Yep. And then uh, the next question would be, which of these banks have you heard, Westpac, um, ING, ANZ, and you go, yes, 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 yep. no. So mm. that's okay. the difference between the two. That's Rachel Bevins from the Healthy Brand Company. She's one of our other major branding experts for the series, and she's consulted to some of the biggest brands in the world, including MasterCard, News Corp, and Glenfiddich Scotch. According to Rachel, there are some key things business owners need to think about before investing in a brand campaign. And it all starts with how you measure brand awareness. Yeah, so... I mean, the one question that you need to ask is, have you heard of? Yeah. So that is the question. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, if you can afford to do a survey, there are different ways of doing that. So mm-hmm. you can um, use, you can actually do your own. So you can actually go to a research co- quantitative research company and get them to mm-hmm. do that for you, just mm-hmm. amongst the general population or whoever your audience like, whoever your audience is within that small area. Mm-hmm. So they can do that uh, and they might choose an online method or they may choose an offline method depending. Yep. Um, you can um, do uh, – you can then t- – you can do that yourself or you, with, a, with a research agency or you can do that uh, – you can tap into an omnibus, which is a, an existing survey. That's nerdy. Hang on. <laughs> Omnibus, yeah? Yeah. Okay, explain that for us. So that's an existing survey. So um, various companies, uh, used to, um, NewsPoll used to do them. I'm not sure if they're doing them anymore, but um, uh, all the companies have changed these days. <laughs> I can't remember who's who. Um, so they run a, a num- basically a survey every every certain every sort of week or so, and then you can put your questions into that. Okay. So that's then... Um, really lower your costs by doing So you can that. basically piggyback on something that's already going out yep. there. So that's what an omnibus is. Got it. Yep. yep. Or you, in some categories, there is already some sort of a syndicated survey, which yep. is uh, where they're um, gathering the information across the whole of the industry and you can find out what the awareness is of your, your own company mm-hmm. and you can versus a um, benchmark or if you buy the whole a lot of the results you'll find out yours versus your competitors. And what about, um, are you familiar with uh, apps like Mention? Uh, have you heard of Mention? So there are some apps out there that help businesses kind of monitor um, and people sort of you know, mentioning their brand or talking about their brand. Um, do you have any thoughts on those those apps? Or? I'm not familiar with um, Mention in particular, um, but brand, so Brand awareness, I mean, you can actually look at, um, you can do social media listening and those sorts of things, but yeah. that's more, I would say that's then more engagement than it is actually brand awareness per se. And um, in terms of, you know, growing brand awareness, you know, what are the essentials that are required to be in place before a business can really start to grow brand awareness? Yeah, so I think you need to decide, again, it goes back to um, who are your who are your customers? I think when you're a larger brand, you want your brand awareness to be as big as possible mm-hmm. because there's, it's, you, you basically your customers come from the people who are, are aware of your brand and who will try it, essentially will try it once and then they can come and dip in and, and, and increase. You, you, you're then sort of like starting to talk to them. You can increase them if you want mm-hmm. or leave them at that level of purchase depending on whatever is relevant for that category. But you, that brand awareness is a really key metric, for, definitely for the big brands. Yep. For the um, for the small to medium brands, it is important to be aware 
uh, for people to be aware of it within your target audience. Yes. So it's not just general population. So it's more narrow casting. It's probably more narrow casting, yeah. yeah. So you I, go, who who within our target audience is actually aware of that brand? If you look at the share market, certainly in recent times, nothing beats the tech sector for accelerated growth. And one of the hottest emerging tech startups right now is Airwallex. Airwallex is a fintech platform that is disrupting the stodgy old world of foreign exchange and international payments, and they've recently achieved unicorn status with a $1 billion valuation. They've only been going for five years, and to get an insight into how tech companies grow brand awareness, I spoke with the head of global growth at Airwallex, Neil Luo. Yes, I think think with new markets, um, a a lot of it, I think, is around driving the right ecosystems. Right? So I think it's very hard for a startup to go into a new market and, and kind of spend a lot on brand. So it's around kind of, you know, what is that ecosystem in that local market? Um, who are the ones that are going to be early adopters and who are the ones that are going to be really strong advocates for you? So we actually find, you know, Facebook groups, um, you know, kind of these kind of communities are actually very, very powerful mm-hmm. um, to drive brand awareness for yep. you. Um, the challenge is that a lot of these Facebook groups can be kind of, I guess, on lower price, um, uh, more price sensitive. So there, there could be this kind of, you know, um, lower tier branding that can come with it. Mm-hmm. But I think from a viral uh, user generation perspective, these kind of ecosystems or groups that can refer other people word of mouth is, is very, very helpful. Um, and usually that's kind of in the smaller business segments. Yep. Um, so kind of your sole traders, your freelancers, uh, et cetera, you find that kind of permeates pretty fast uh, if, you, if you can find the right people. Um, and then I think on the, on the larger businesses, I think it's still kind of your trusted financial advisors like your accountants. Um, mortgage brokers, funnily enough, are actually very, very good as well in, in driving that uh, because they're essentially an indirect sales force. So as long as you have the right incentives for them, um, they can really help drive um, adoption as well. Great. And so does that mean that in your um your growth team, you've actually got team members on Facebook hunting down small sort of local, you know, groups and signing up, getting inside the group and then starting to talk about the brand. Step us through how that works. Yeah. So we, we kind of, you know, try to look at kind of, you know, business groups on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of find these communities, for example, Melbourne startup, Sydney startup. Um, and then we have a community person that can, go in there and, and ideally post pretty regularly uh, content mm-hmm. uh, as well as, you know, promotions we might be having. And Neil was also a really good sport. He featured in our regular segment, The Nerdometer. Check this out. So, Neil, um, it's a tradition on Nerds of Business that uh, we put all of our guests through what we call... The Nerdometer. So this is a bit of fun, okay, uh, and this is where we simply ask you, I mean, uh, as a rating out of 10, how nerdy are you? I, I'd say I'm probably up there, maybe 11. I'd say 11? I'm, I'm pretty, oh, I'm my God. Nerdy. I am pretty nerdy. You've, you've broken the nerdometer. I mean, that is, that's the first time we've had someone go past eight. Uh, so <laughs> congratulations. I, I, I should uh, – uh, there you go. You've, you've got some applause there. That's that – that really is uh, a standout moment. Neil's the, uh, the first guest to break the nerdometer. While we're looking at tech companies, there's also a lot we can all learn from scale-ups like mapping platform Nearmap. 
Nearmap provide aerial mapping services in the cloud for businesses and they're listed on the Australian Stock Exchange. You might remember the CEO Rob Newman from episode two on brand positioning. In this episode, Rob shares some insights into how their brand awareness strategy in the Australian market differed from that of their North American expansion. So during the scale-up phase of the business, uh, as you move into new geo markets and you more deeply penetrate the existing markets that you have, Mm. what initiatives have been the most effective for growing brand awareness? Yeah, so look, I mean, I think that's really interesting Um, and I'll probably answer the question from an Australian perspective Mm. and then answer the question from a North American perspective because they actually give you very, very different lessons. Great. And it does refer to something we were talking about before. Um, In Australia, it's a smaller market, it's a more concentrated market uh, that works to you in very, you know, particularly in B2B works very much in our favour. And um, we, not by plan, but by accident, became actually broad, there was a high broad awareness of Nearmap without us really marketing to the customers that end up buying our products. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were, you know, we were at a time when, um, you know, mapping, as I said before, was just becoming useful on our mobile phones, that um, there was not other solutions or no other real solutions out there. And um, there were events in the market that kind of gave us very high visibility, one of those being the Brisbane floods, where we were able to capture the Brisbane flood at the peak of the Brisbane flood, gave that content to the ABC News and basically was, you know, plastered all over news media. So in a small, well-defined market, word of mouth being kind of that voice that's out there providing certainty and providing information that nobody else could provide, that really separated us apart. And then from that, we found that our customers were business customers. So in a small market, you can um, leverage uh, your brand quite well, even using some B2C or broad media techniques. North America, as I mentioned, is quite a bit bit different. Um, It's a large market. It's a more sophisticated market. And what we found there is that um, a focus initially on larger enterprise customer segments um, has worked quite well for us because what what we found is even though we were selling by our partners, the ultimate customer, in this case, the insurance industry, um, said, hey, we could buy it from this particular um, data provider, we buy from another data provider or another data provider or a startup. But actually, if we look at the source data behind all of them, it was near map, yeah. right? <laughs> right? And so by focusing on an industry and being very clear about what value we provided to that industry, we got very broad awareness um, within a you know, there's probably 50 to 100 major insurance carriers in North America. Marketing to 100 people or 100 companies is a lot easier than marketing to 20 million companies in North America. So having that focus and saying, here's what we provide, here's how we're providing it, here's how we solve a problem in there, that got us the brand awareness. So now we have very, very high brand awareness within a series of verticals in North America. The challenge for us now is how do we leverage that into broader brand awareness across smaller companies and um, other industries. Wow, great answer. So sum- summarising, smaller markets in Australia, perhaps what uh, has worked best for Nearmap were leveraging the opportunity of events mm. and, and using the technology t- uh, in a, almost in an altruistic way to mm. demonstrate to the market what this thing can do. Yes. And in America going narrow rather than broadcasting, going narrow casting and picking off a vertical at a time, uh, mm-hmm. getting some deep domain in each of those verticals 
uh, building up some 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 loyalty and some buzz within within that industry, and then yeah. moving on once you've got a little bit of critical mass underway. Yeah, that's a really good summary. Yeah. Now, consumer brands rely heavily on brand awareness to drive sales and grow penetration into different local markets. I spoke with Pick Pico from Pick's Peanut Butter. They're an international food brand stocked in 13 countries around the world. Listen to what Pick has to say on the role of word of mouth in growing his brand awareness. So when I go through immigration and you get a card and it says occupation, mm-hmm. I put peanut butter maker. <laughs> and, and when I'm in a taxi, yep. you know, I'm talking to the driver. I say, I make peanut butter, you know, and we talk about it. Yeah. And because peanut make peanut butter makers is peanut, being a peanut butter maker is something that everyone understands, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I I'm in IT, you know. Yeah. You know. I mean, that's uh, great. We have people in IT, but actually not talking about what they do. But you know, you go you go to a fancy thing and you got the you know the thing on your tip with with, with your, your name and what you do, you know, and consultant or legal consultant advisor, but you know whatever. And there's yep. sort of stuff that says nothing, but peanut butter maker. Um, well, people can understand that, it's and they're not gonna, you're not worried that they're going to be confused or baffled when you start talking about peanut butter making. Yeah. And to my mind, you know, if I if I get one taxi driver really interested in, you know, and I give him a taste and he likes the stuff, he's going to turn talk whenever anyone mentions peanut butter. He's going to say, oh, "I had this peanut butter guy in my taxi," you know, and. And it's so, and 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 I would rather have one person completely involved with the black brand yep. than have a hundred thousand people think, oh, see an ad and say, oh, I must try that someday, because that person will talk to other people, and his and his her enthusiasm will spread. So you you're know? really talking about word of mouth there, and 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 it's and, word of mouth, and yeah. taking a very hands-on, you know, word yeah. of mouth approach. Yeah, and that's what word of mouth is, because you know, it's it's your mouth and and it's word of you know ears and stuff, and it's that. And and I think you know that's that's really all we have to offer as humans is is you know people people to people stuff. Now, Pick has touched on a related but separate concept here called brand engagement. At this point, I think it's important to go back to our technical expert Rachel Bevins and find out how this is different from brand awareness and why it's actually quite important as well. Yeah, so engagement is really people who are actioning with you, participating in your brand. So they could it could be as simple as it depends on what your measures are of engage of engagement. But there's simple liking posts or there's commenting, which is a, another level of engagement. Yep. It's a greater level of engagement, or you know, talking about your brand in the media. Mm. Um, so that's yep. and that's where you can get the social media listening or the and the. Um, and, mm-hmm. the, and the general media listening to understand how many people are talking about your brand and the sort of the positives versus the negatives. What's more important, brand awareness or brand engagement? Like what's in terms of delivering revenue to the business, which one's the most important lever to pull? So I think, you. I mean, you ultimately want positive brand engagement. Yep. Um, but brand awareness is what will drive your growth at a high level. So if we've got... Um, if you're looking at things like um, brand equity, mm-hmm. the the brand brand awareness is actually incredibly important for as many people to hear you about your brand. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you then want to get to um, relevant awareness, so people who not only are aware of your brand but they know what it stands for, so that it yes. actually means something to them. Yep. 
And then you can start with your various levels of engagement, whether they've, um, they're just sort of talking, getting involved in your online community, whether they're purchasing from you, whether they're coming along to mm-hmm. uh, an event or yeah. an experience that you might have, mm-hmm. um, whether they're actually open and then you know, whether they're actually opening emails, uh, those sorts of levels of enga- various levels of engagement yep. and also um, levels of purchase all the way up to brand loyalty. So if you're a small business owner, hopefully you've already taken a lot of ideas from the insights our guests have shared. But now we're about to hear some great tips directly from a leading small business person. Victoria Costa is the founder of Credit Fix Solutions. You might recall her from episode one. Over the last five years, she's grown the brand awareness for her business in both consumer and B2B markets using a mix of networking and online marketing. She's a good friend and a client of our agency, WebBuzz. She's been so successful, she was a top six finalist for the Telstra Business Awards in 2019. Well, B2B, first first of all, we'll just do B2B. B2B, it would be the networking. Yep. Um, people undervalue networking and how we did that, if anybody's looking that for, for a B2B type business or service, use LinkedIn. So every day when I started, I had maybe 10 people on my LinkedIn. I've now got over 15,000 and they are all relevant contacts, finance professionals who potentially need a credit repair company. Mm -hmm. And how you start is you log into LinkedIn, you have a nice photo, you have a nice little intro, go and search for people. You know, the free version allows you to add up to 50 to 100 people a day. You know, it's what I get my BDMs to do now. I'm like, this is how I started. You go to LinkedIn, you add people. But then you want to be able to send a private message to them that catches their attention, that gets them wanting to meet you. Now, whether that's just the fact you're buying coffee, who cares, right? But but getting their attention, um, we had a perfect little message that we'd send out to people I'd connected with. And out of every 10 messages I would send, I would get four or five yeses for meetings. And then you keep doing that and you just keep, and it's just, you know, cut and paste, just repeat, repeat, rinse and repeat, um, you know, even when you're sick of it, you keep going with it. And, and, and slowly that's how you, you build it. That's, that's B2B. Um, the, the best things we did for uh, B2C was uh, making sure that we were number one on, our, on, on page one. Yep. of Google for the website, um, making sure that AdWords were done correctly. If you're not on page one, consumers aren't going to page two. We all know that. Um, do ads work? Yes and no. Uh, we did do Google ads for some time. Yes, they worked, but just as effective if you've got an organic page one listing, which you would know. Yep. So, mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, inbound SEO, you know, for a consumer play, um, mm. is highly, highly valuable. Um, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. We couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> well, I suggest the best thing anyone does is contact Darren. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there's a bit of mutual back, uh, back scratching going on here. Um, <laughs> so you can see that SEO has played a key role in growing Victoria's brand awareness. Digital is such an important channel for brand awareness that I wanted to expand on this, so I gave my business partner, Ben Carew, a call. Ben is also a director at WebBuzz, the growth marketing agency. Have a listen to what he's got to say on the opportunities that remarketing and community sponsorships in particular offer for small business. Hello? 
Hey, mate. Hey, it's me. How's it going? Yeah, good. How's it going? Yeah, good, good. Hey, I'm doing a another episode for the Nerds of Business podcast, and um, mm. uh, as you might recall, this one's on brand awareness. And uh, there's a couple of things, questions that I think it'd be good to ask you to get on the show. So, in particular, what you always talk about, you know, how you know you're often bringing up the fact that the digital strategies that small business should use to build brand awareness are a little bit different from the sort of the big corporations. Do you want to step us through that? What are, what are some of the things that smaller businesses can can do online for brand awareness? Well, you know, some of the easy stuff, um, which often gets overlooked, even though it's, it's, you know, a technique that's been around for geez, seven years now, maybe, um, is, is just like remarketing, which are those, those ads that follow you around when you've been buying something on an e-commerce store and suddenly you see that particular product following you around, even though you've already bought it or, or maybe you didn't. Um, that stuff is really easy to set up. I mean, you know, any small business can pretty much, you know, put some code into the back of their website from Facebook or LinkedIn or Google. And, and every time that particular platform identifies anonymously the user that was on your site, um, because you've got the code in there from each of those platforms, you'll be able to deliver ads on those platforms to them to coax them back to your website to complete an action, whatever that might be. Might be buying a product or just simply making an inquiry. And so what's the value in that just for the for the listeners? I mean, you know Well, it's hard these days to get web traffic. Yeah. You know, it's really hard web traffic is getting harder and harder to come by. Um, there are more there's more competition than ever before. And so what the idea behind it generally is just to maximize the traffic that you're getting. Now if you get all you get all these visitors, and generally speaking, they come for one specific reason. Maybe they've clicked on Google, or they've found you from a different article, or on social media. Generally speaking, they don't come back unless they're impressed enough to make an inquiry or do whatever on your site. So this way, you're saying essentially they're being identified on these platforms because you've got remarketing in place, so they can go. You can get a second bite of the cherry, as it were, and, and you can coax them back, uh, coax a visitor back to the site that otherwise would not have come back. And so, you know, if you've got remarketing set up against multiple, on, on, on multiple platforms like, say, Google, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, for instance, and someone comes to your site just once, then you can kind of set up like a brand wall, right? Like So, so it, it, you know, everywhere they go, they start seeing your brand. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the cool thing. I mean, a lot of people are on Instagram, a lot of people are on Facebook, yep. plenty are on LinkedIn if you're B2B. Um, and, and of course, anyone reading a newspaper article on Google or maybe they're on an obscure blog, it doesn't really matter. But as long as for the, from Google, if, if, that, um, if you've got Google remarketing, you know, essentially they'll be found all over the internet and there'll be a banner ad saying, hey, you remember us? Come back, come back and whatever get an ebook or or just complete this action or yeah get a grab bag of goodies and become a lead for us yeah brilliant so it really is yeah. about maximizing the value of any website traffic and then really hyping up online that perception of 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 the brand so so really you know creating a really big perception of the brand even though it might only be those ads might be playing to a tiny audience yeah that's right the perception is interesting because 
Of course, you can be on the New York Times or the Sydney Morning Herald or, or wherever. They, they, if as long as they run Google AdSense, yep. they're running Google Ads, then you can um, you, you can be found. Those web visitors that, that came from your site um, can be found on, on those large, large sites. And um, yeah, it gives the impression that of the brand wall, you're kind of everywhere and you, you can even sequence that stuff out so that people on Facebook see a different ad to the ones that get found on, on Google Google ads or LinkedIn, you know, and so you can, you can change it up. So the, but the, the bottom line is they're seeing your brand kind of everywhere. Um, it gives you the, gives them the sense that you, you're big um, and there's credibility as well. If you, you can even sort of send those ads to content, um, you know, and yeah. Yeah, and so it goes very to effective. That, goes to that thing, the classic marketing tenant that someone has to see your message seven times before they're, you know, really aware of the brand and sort of, you know, starting to think about buying from that business. So it just accelerates that process online because they're seeing you everywhere. Exactly, exactly. And, and not only that, it's extremely young. Once you've got it set up, the beauty of it is it, it's actually quite cheap. Um, some platforms are more expensive than others. LinkedIn, the cost per click is quite substantial, depending. Um, but Google Ads, you know, I mean, you can be, you can do remarketing on Google. You can sometimes get a click for sixty cents, you know, or even less in some cases. And it's incredibly good value to have, you know, your brand being seen all over the web. Um, for and then if anyone bothers to click on it, it's only going to cost you sixty cents. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so yeah, it's very very cost effective. And we know when it comes to other things that small businesses can do uh, for their brand awareness strategy. What are your thoughts on things like sponsorships of, you know, say local clubs or organisations? You know, do you think that's a that's a good play these days uh, for for smaller businesses, local businesses? Um, well, yeah. I mean, you know, um, I'd, I'd say it depends on the business. Like, so there's a lot of you know mortgage brokers and people who need to connect with the community, estate agents. Um, naturally, businesses who are naturally focused to a local a local marketing strategy, mm-hmm. like the businesses who like to embed themselves in the local community, um, so that can be extremely effective. Um, I, I think you would have to follow that up. Like you can't; it's not a set and forget thing. You couldn't just sort of go to your local kind of rugby club and you know buy a sponsorship and then just simply hope that business walks in the door. Yeah. You'd have to follow that up with relationships. I would imagine that that's effective, but I have heard businesses who don't don't follow up or don't bother to measure or don't really have a, a plan um, or a strategy in place to follow through on something like that. Otherwise, you know, you really are just burning money. Well, that's right. I mean, there's got to be a way, you know, you've got to have defined outcomes, like what is the sponsorship, you know, going to deliver, you know, a way to measure those results. Um, and in particular, when it comes to, online presence so for instance if with your sponsorship you're paying for banner ads or some exposure to you know on some website or or what have you um you've really got to think about a call to action or some sort of promotional offer you know that not doesn't just get the brand out there but ideally gets that their audience that you know that group of people Mm. uh engaging with the brand as well yeah that's it. That's it. I mean, it's just like like goals are incredibly important. You know, I mean, it's not that they're not kidding. You know, and and even just the basis of digital marketing, um, if you could call the way Google 
have created Google Analytics, for example, or, or any of their other marketing tools, mm-hmm. Google Analytics is almost, not, not 100%, but almost useless without setting up goals. It's, it's the first thing you do. Yeah. It's like, because otherwise you don't have a plan. Yeah. It's like if you can go and read, oh, well, like I got, you know, whatever, 300 visitors last month or something from Google search. Mm-hmm. But if, 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 if there's no goal set up, then, then that's just, it's just um, not a useful metric almost. Yeah. Because then otherwise you could say, I've had three, 300 Google search visitors last month and, you know, six conversions on my ebook. Well, then that's useful information, you know, and so why did they convert? And then you can, you can take it from there. So the problem we set out to solve in this episode was how to grow brand awareness for maximum impact with the least amount of effort. Our branding experts, Rachel from the Healthy Brand Company and John Michael from the Image Group, revealed the technical perspectives on brand awareness and why that's so important for the growth of any business. And we've also heard some fascinating real-life stories from our guests at Pix Peanut Butter, Credit Fix Solutions, Air Wallets, and Nearmap. I hope their wisdom and insights have given you ideas to crack the code of growth in your own business. In fact, there's so much value in this episode, it's kind of hard to summarize. But here are five key action steps I think everyone can take away from this episode. Firstly, get your analytics and data sorted out in advance. It's important you can see what's working with your brand awareness and what's not. If you can't measure it, you're already behind the eight ball. Secondly, use Facebook groups and social media to grow brand awareness organically in relevant online communities. We heard from Neil Luo that this has been highly effective for Airwallets. Thirdly, use every opportunity for word of mouth. You might recall how PicPico focused on taxi drivers. This is really smart because taxi drivers come into contact with hundreds of people every day, which gives him a wider distribution for his message to end consumers. Fourthly, think about how your product or service can be deployed to help the community you serve in an altruistic way. Nemap uses this strategy very well. It's a brilliant PR move that can pay huge dividends for your business. And finally, consider digital channels and networking events to get the brand out there in a cost-effective manner. As Ben Carew said, remarketing is an easy way to convert your website traffic into potential customers who now have full brand awareness of your offer. As we heard in the Shustov & Sons Volker story at the top of the episode, companies have a long history of using brand awareness campaigns to generate demand. And even if they have become more sophisticated over time, the principles being used today are still remarkably similar. The key to achieving the most impact for your business is tailoring a custom approach that will deliver more cut-through with the most important people of all, your future customers. We're coming to the end, but before we go, it's time for our regular segment, Nerd Under Pressure, where a guest has to share one killer hack or tip they recommend for you, our listeners. Let's find out who our Nerd Under Pressure is today. Okay, Rob, a, uh, another example of our recurring segment called Nerd Under Pressure. On the topic of brand awareness, uh, it's obviously crucial for any business or brand, regardless of whether it's B2B or B2C. What's one killer hack you could give to business owners for brand awareness? 
Okay, so I think, you know, it's a good question. I was almost, almost expecting you to give me a little bit of thinking time there, Darren, but... <laughs> I was too relaxed. <laughs> let, me buy some time by talk, let me buy some time by talking to you. Um, you know, brand awareness is a, is a very um, broad topic, and I guess if there's a killer hack, um, it's consistency um, in your message, right? So no... Um, who you are to your customer, right? So not who you are. And, in fact, you know, our CMO and I have had really good conversations about this. We have a very clear DNA at NearMap of who we are and what we stand for. Mm -hmm. But, in fact, that works for our employees. But you actually have to translate that, that into the customer's language. And we talked a little bit about this before, that in those early days, yep. your brand uh, awareness will be very focused but actually you've got to broaden that brand and uh, awareness as you grow and but always put it in the language of your customer. So thanks for listening to the fifth episode of Nerds of Business. If you've enjoyed it, please leave a review on Apple, Spotify, Google or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps us climb up the ranks and become more visible to other people just like you. We want to help as many entrepreneurs and businesses as we can. If you've got a question or some feedback, we'd love to hear from you, of course. You can engage with us at webbuzz.com.au forward slash nerds. That's webbuzz.com.au forward slash nerds. So feel free to reach out and say hello. I want to thank all of our guests and the team at Webbuzz for helping me put this show together. And a special thanks to Armando for introducing me to the Shustov and Sons story over a very, very long lunch. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with our next episode, which is on brand equity. Until then, I'm your host, Darren Moffat, and I look forward to nerding out with you next time. Bye for now.